Welcome to Tall, Dark, and Fictional, a podcast about romance fiction by romance writers. I'm Kat Wynn. I'm Gabby. <laughs> and today we have Gabby Marie with us. Hello. Or otherwise known as G. Marie, otherwise known as G. Marie Writes. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Happy to join. So the last time we had you on, Gabby, mm-hmm. you had just published your first piece of writing, correct? Correct. Yeah. And now you have had it out in the world for a few months. And mm-hmm. just to be clear, you had um, a holiday novella called Snowden Fling. Yep. And now that it's out and it's been out and you've experienced this whole thing of publishing something for the first time, how do you feel? Um, Pretty good. I made it through the, um, I mean, not like it was like crazy or anything, but it was a very interesting experience, Um, especially having people in my like real life that I know read it. That was probably <laughs> like the weirdest part for me. Um, But obviously it's a holiday novella, so you know, it's out in the world, but it's not exactly, I could probably promote, promote it more, but like, I don't promote it all that often because it's kind of hard to talk about in the springtime. Yeah. Holiday novellas don't have like, I don't want to say expiration date, but they, yeah. they have like a certain time when you're actually going to be talking about them. Otherwise it just feels kind of weird otherwise. Yeah, exactly. Like it's 80 degrees here. The sun is shining. <laughs> and I'm like, Hey, let's talk about being snowed in. But, um, it, I mean, it was fun. I learned a lot, um, you know, figured out some things that I would do differently. Uh, next time or do I mean also things that I thought worked that I'll do again Um, but yeah I mean it was a fun experience I did it in a very compressed timeline which I think you and I talked about because we both did that and I mean you did two holiday novellas but we both wrote them like very quickly in the sense that I think writing it quickly um, because I put my I put myself on this deadline of hey I'm going to do this thing and I'm going to put it out there so like I have to fucking get it done was helpful to getting it done (laughs) yeah so I'm trying to sort of apply that to now like writing now if I can yeah okay so I want to get into what you're working on now but first can Mm -hmm. you tell me what you said you learned some things you would do some things differently what have you learned what would you do differently this next time around um I mean I would do I did a little bit of pre-marketing uh for it but because I kind of was rushing it a little bit I didn't have a ton of time to talk about it much before I released it and I also I released it the day after Thanksgiving which I think was fine but like I might just I'm going so when I think about what am I going to do differently next time I'm going to do another holiday novella so I think I'm going to play around with like when I release it all that kind of stuff but just in general for um for like this next thing that I'm working on and like when I want to publish it I just think that I'm going to try to start some of the administrative pieces a lot sooner (laughs) than Mm -hmm. I did Mm -hmm. it ended up being it's obviously it's more than you think it's going to be yes um I learned that not everybody's going to like what you write and that is okay you can't take it to heart even though it stings (laughs) and um you know I know people say don't read reviews but like I read every single review you did oh fuck yeah I didn't read a single one you know it doesn't um I don't know I'm like one of I'm I'm weird I'm one of those people that like has to know whether it's good or bad and it I don't think I want to do that again it was just how I was for this one because I was just so curious because I had not the only people who'd ever read anything that I'd 
written were like a couple of people like you had you know sj had um mm-hmm. one of my friends like outside the writing world had but that's like it <laughs> yeah you know and then of course my editor had but like i had i just was like do people like are people interested in what i write like does what i write make sense like that was those are literally the thoughts that i had which is why i read a lot of reviews because i was like i need to know like how this has landed did anything surprise you about what people said not really um i think i got you know i think i got feedback that you would get for typically for a novella like obviously they are development happens quick there's a lot of things that you're not going to go into it's not overly deep nor is it supposed to be you know i think people are harsher on novellas needlessly and it's like this is a hundred books of just a hundred books a (laughs) hundred pages of just like feel good uh holiday shit some smut like and happy ending like done done um and i think most people like most of the most people got that you know like because there's holiday novellas are so big um in the romance world but like, there's definitely people that were like oh well i think everything happened a little too fast and i was like all right well that's <laughs> did you want a full novel is that what you're asking was, yeah that was intended but <laughs> again i know that reviews are not for the writer um but i still read them anyways so yeah i think i i totally relate to what you're saying when i put out partner track i was like I have no idea what anyone will think about my writing. I was kind of in the same spot, except I had joined a critique group. So I think I had like maybe, I don't know, 10 readers with only like four people actually leaving me any feedback. All the feedback I got was wildly varied. So I really could never get like a coherent story of what people actually thought about my writing. And what I think I've learned is that there isn't one. People will always say one person what one person hates another person will love people never ask people for advice on what to do unless they are somebody who you consistently agree with on Mm -hmm. writing you know what I mean unless there's somebody who you're always on the same page with don't ask people for advice like I was just talking to somebody read airplane games and like I said uh big risk for me putting that out a lot of people hate it and we'll see what happens with it but for the people who liked it I was talking to a friend of mine. She's a therapist. And I was like telling her about some of the things somebody was telling me they didn't like understand about the book. And she was like, oh, no, this is why that happened. And this is why that happened. And this is why she says this. Like she understood exactly what I was doing, like so clearly. And and I'm like, oh, you're someone who understands like Mm -hmm. what I'm writing. So it makes sense when we talk to each other that I can like trust your opinion on things because you get it. You get what I'm doing. And it's not that you can't like trust other people their opinions are still valid but it's like as a writer you know you have to make choices because you're not going to please everybody that's not the job that's not the role yeah and it, you can't make um changes to please just individuals right like no you can't or you do that all day yeah and then you'll never do you'll never do anything with it because you'll constantly be like i mean just you can't be beholden to like one or two people here and there like i love i mean i've read airplane games i loved it like i understood what you were doing with it and i think that that's i think that there's gonna be a lot of people that get it do you know what i mean so like we'll see I think so. <laughs> I did take a poll on my Instagram stories, which anyone who's listening to me, if you want to know who I actually am, you have to look at my stories. You can't look at my grid because my grid is garbage. Like whose grid isn't garbage? That's my question. Everybody's grid is garbage, in my opinion. Like nobody's <laughs> doing anything on their grid. But like in my sto- in your stories is where you like talk about stuff, right? It's like where you because it's going to go away and it's topical or whatever. And I took a poll for this one section of my book because I was really wondering, like, is this offensive? Should I take it? out Mm -hmm. and the the like the scene setup is that the main 
male character is like watching the main female character like she keeps typing away at his her phone and kind of like despite himself he's like who are you messaging a boyfriend and she says boyfriend what do I look like to you a Christian that's the joke right yeah and and I'm like I don't know you have to be like a certain kind of person to like even get that joke I think and I almost said what do I look like to you a Mormon like I almost wrote that but then I was like well Mormons don't really have boyfriends that's not really a thing like and also I'm not I was not raised Mormon whereas I was raised Christian so I was like well at least I can like speak on that in a certain way mm-hmm. and I was wondering if anybody was going to find it offensive and 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 the like very uh unserious Instagram stories poll I took I feel like nobody did except for one person and she messaged me and she said I don't really find it offensive I just don't get the joke fair <laughs> And I was like, that's probably worse. <laughs> that, that means the joke didn't didn't land. You get the joke, right? Yes. I, okay. I answered the, that poll. Oh, I, did you? Okay. <laughs> um, but I think it all just depends too. Like, I think anybody who has read your work that you have put out so far and like people that enjoy your writing get who you are as a writer. Do you, so do you know what I mean? Like understand your voice and things like that. So a joke like that in airplane games would not be shocking. I don't think to people that are like, oh yeah, this is cat. Like this is her. This is, this makes sense. Right. Well, I guess like for people who know me, it would make yeah. sense, but you know, you don't know who's going to read your book. So sure. it's like, hmm, I wonder if I'm going to offend somebody. And I really considered taking it out, but I was surprised at the number of people that were just like, no, leave it in. So I was like, all right, I guess. I mean, I think Christians are fair to take shots at. I think that's a fair, that's, you know, open, yeah. open playing field. What's the word? I don't know. I think they're fair to, to make fun of. No. And I'm not, and it was so light. It was such a lighthearted thing so yeah the context of the joke is not like uh meant to be like in the context like it's not harmful also not a marginalized group exactly not a marginalized group not worried especially from that context anyway I just think it's interesting like when you read your I still haven't read reviews I don't know I've I get tagged in them sometimes I'm just like so I've learned to not be so influenced by other people's opinions do you feel like you're learning that yes like I would say one of the things I struggled with the most last year was writing what I thought people wanted to read yeah um that's why like the book that I wrote last year that I finished that I was like so excited to finish um I haven't done anything with it because I'm like what is this book like (laughs) it's I don't know if it has me in it or not you know what I mean like I'd have to read I haven't even reread it like I just I don't know why I just can't for some reason um and I do want to rewrite it maybe someday um just not right now (laughs) um but I'm like did I what did I pick this story for like did I did I decide to write it because I just thought like that's what the market would want I don't know do you remember your original inspiration I do I remember exactly where I was driving. Um, so, I mean, maybe I should go back to the original inspiration, honestly, because I think I got far from that original inspiration. Yeah. Um, but I, I remember what what road I was on in Atlanta, driving around on a Saturday, where I can't, where I have the initial idea for the story. So maybe I should go back to that at some point. <laughs> but I think it's good, even if what it turned into wasn't wasn't the thing you really wanted. It was yeah. something you finished. Yeah, I finished it. Yeah, it showed me I could finish. Yeah, and that is, I think. 
learning you can finish mm-hmm. <laughs> learning you can finish a novel is yeah. the the like most important step to becoming a writer without that you have nothing Le- learning you can finish yeah. any story really well and the other thing that has been like interesting and like it's very nice when you you get a message from somebody and they're like hey when's your next like when's your next book coming out when's your full length book coming out and I'm like Oh, oh my god! <laughs> I wish I had had something ready to go. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, part of me is yes. like, I finished this book last year, and I'm not planning to do anything with it right now. And I'm like, I could have gone. Why didn't I just pick that route? Why didn't I do that? But now I'm not. Like, I'm already, no, I'm already down a different path now. And I'm like, I've just been telling people, I'm like, this year, like, I have no. I'm not giving anyone any kind of date or time of the year. It's just gonna be. I know that it'll be this year, and that's my. That's the only thing I can say. I think. What are you, what's your, what are you working on now? Let's hear it. Um, I am working on a darker romance. Um, I have, I am like, I read a lot of dark romance. Um, and I know when you say dark romance, like there's a huge, it runs the gamut of what that actually is. Um, so I don't know quite like what part of dark romance this will fit into. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I've just not, you know, haven't finished it yet. So, um, but I'm really enjoying it so far. Um, it's much more challenging than like the holiday novella because of length. Uh, just more because of content. How so? I think just because I'm 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 definitely writing things that I've never written before. Like hmm. I write a whole like um like like physical struggle like oh yeah action scenes and stuff. Yeah, I had to write an action scene, which like I've yeah. never really written an action scene. So that kind of stuff is just new and different to me. Um, one thing that's great is my uh my partner Matt like plays a lot of video games, and so he's was helping me like research. I was like, do you think that this is what would happen if this kind of thing happened? And he was like, let's find out. And so ah, just no, honestly, like, that's great. Yeah, he was like going to some like we both are big fans of the show The Last of Us and he has played the games. And so he was looking up this like analysis of the video game and we're watching these videos. He's like, yeah, so if the character did that, then I think that this would realistically happen. And I was like, perfect. (laughs) Oh my God, I love that. I love that so much. It's a great research. It's always good to have like someone who knows more too than you do, who has like the resources. Well, and he understands anatomy because he went to, he went to school for um, kinesiology. Is it, I don't know. So he has like all the anatomical anatomy knowledge that I don't have. And I'm like, you know, could somebody die if they got stabbed here? And he's like, yeah, definitely. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> that is so good to know. Now I know that. I'll have to ask him too yeah, if I ever read anything like that, yeah. <laughs> which I won't. Oh, yeah. Um, so that stuff is different, you know? And I'm also, um, it's nerve wracking to write because I'm like, how will this be received? I have not, like everything about, I guess, my my Instagram and everything like it's not like I'm screaming like hey dark romance writer do you know what I mean yeah and so I wonder if um whenever this comes out if people who read it are gonna be like what this This isn't a cute little Snowden romp yeah (laughs) so but I'm like you know you can do all kinds of things um I don't have to do just one type of yeah oh I have a paranormal I you know that I'm writing a paranormal romance about death as the main character have not finished that but that one will come out I will finish that one someday I mean I don't know we contain multitudes right it's like yes and do you now are you trying to write this as a series um if i if it is a series it'll be like maybe interconnected standalones kind of um there's another character in this book that i think would be good for another book but it kind of depends secondary characters are not my strength you know what i hate doing secondary character stuff i hate it but sometimes I mean, it is obviously worth it. I mean, someday maybe I'll get around to writing a series of like more than just two books. Yeah. Well, wait, I did write a series. I yeah, guess. Yeah, let's see. Yours is going to be three. It is three. But I guess when I think 
about the novellas. I'm like, but those aren't full length novels. So does it count? Is it real? Yeah. Who cares? But maybe. And and then you, the problem is like when you write the novella, it's like, I already wrote like the love story. So I'm like, well, I don't want to write more about them. Like, I don't want to write more about these characters. Like, I don't care. I don't care if they have friends. But (laughs) I am, I have some secondary characters that I've already decided are going to be in this book. And I'm like, okay. And I tentatively being like, all right, maybe those people can be. You keep them in the back of your mind. Yeah. You just keep them in mind. Yeah, I totally get that. I don't think anything else will come out of Airplane Games, but Airplane Games is connected to Partner Track if you're Mm -hmm. paying close attention. And um, so all my books are connected to each other, Mm -hmm. technically speaking. And I am in an announcement for the pod for anybody who cares. I am writing Lucille Knox's book for um, the follow-up to Partner Track, which was Perdita Stone's best friend, Lucille the Florist. And you can take a good guess at who the male character is. Lucille's a great character. Thank you. I named her Lucille because she was originally a character that I wrote that was supposed to be Satan. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that makes sense. Like Lucifer. Yeah, Lucille. Yeah, Yeah, because she's a a woman. Also, my great-grandmother's name is Lucia. I don't know how you say it. It's Italian. Is it Lucia? Is it Lucia? It's Lucia, right? I don't actually know. I I don't know either. I I think it's Lucia, but... Right? If they're Italian? But anyway, her her name is Lucia, but I've been like, I don't know what's going on with me. My grandfather's birthday, my, on the other side, was April Fool's Day, and for some reason I was like very taken with like looking up everybody's obituary and then like looking up like Ancestry.com records, like Ellis Island papers, like (laughs) census records. But in one of the census records I found, or the only one I found, my grandmother's, because they are from, this side of my family's from Italy, and they didn't speak English, right? They were born Mm -hmm. in Italy. And the census writer wrote my grandmother's name, Lucia, as Lucille, which was not her name. She made it Lucille instead of Lucia, which I thought was um, classic, a classic thing for somebody to do. (laughs) Get a name wrong. Names, well, and also, like, names got changed a lot, like. Well, but that was her first name. Oh, okay. Lucia, or my grandmother's first name got changed, too, and she. Really? Mm-hmm. Like, but that was only because, it's a uh, segue, um, my grandmother's family came through um, Ellis Island, but my grandmother was actually born in the U.S. Her parents died when she was very young. She got placed in an orphanage in oh, New York God. City, run by nuns, like oh, most, God. I mean, what other gangs of New York situation could this be? And if anybody knows that movie reference. And, <laughs> I um, do not, but it sounded like a great reference. Leonardo DiCaprio is in it. Cameron Diaz. Um, Alan, what's his face? Who plays a great villain? Can't remember his name. Anyways, it's a very long, it's a Martin Scorsese movie. It's gotcha. Gotcha. Is what it is. But anyways, she lived in an orphanage run by nuns, her and her younger siblings, until her older sister was able to take them out and care for them. And the nuns didn't believe that her name was Michaela, so they changed it to Margaret. And oh. was she... That's how she got her new name because she didn't have like any kind of birth documentation. So um, many of our grandparents and great grandparents had like unspeakable trauma happen to them at young ages. I mean, like all my all my grandparents, all my great grandparents, of course. Well, actually, I don't know about my great grandparents. They might have been. Oh, they lived in the motherland, you know, all of them. Mm. All my great grandparents were far away, and then they came over in their like twenties and thirties. So it's like I don't know if how traumatized they were or not. It's hard to say. But yeah. God, could you imagine someone? 
someone just changing your name like that just because yeah. is Michaela an Italian name? Um, I don't know if it is, but the way she had it, it was basically Michael with an A. Yeah, that's, that's how I've seen it spelled. I yeah, think. I mean, I guess it's the maybe. I don't know if that's just the Italian version of the female right. like Michael, maybe. Yeah, that's so um, crazy. That's so like sad. Those crazy legends, you know. Michaela is such a good name. It is a good name. Oh. Shout out Michaela, our friend. I was about to say, yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so weird things. Anyway, not related to a book, but I was reading a lot of obituary stuff and thinking about um, death a lot <laughs> yesterday on April Fool's Day. Uh, and it was related to what I was writing, actually, for Lucille's mm-hmm. book, which I want to give the title, but I'm not going to. But I do love the title of her book because I think it's funny. It's a pun. As are most good romance novels. They have a good pun name. You have to wait for that title reveal. I know. Hopefully I finish this sooner rather than later. Um, good. So how do you feel now as compared to how you felt last year at this time? Um, I feel like I had my shit together better last year, especially this timeline. What? Know. You didn't even have a book out last year at this time. Yeah, no, I'm saying I feel like I have my shit together. Oh, now you do. Now. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I have yeah. my shit together more now. I think I just have more knowledge about how things work. Um, and very lucky to like have friends that have done this more than me. Mm-hmm. You know, SJ and like other friends that have been doing this longer and have more out there that like are helpful with advice. Um, and then, I don't know, this time last year, I was like in a very weird sort of kind of depressive state, I think, for like a really yeah. long time that I didn't kind of realize. I feel that. I was having a lot of strife with my day job um, that I have since left and have a new day job that I really enjoy, which has been helpful. Um, but anyways, that, I don't know why I'm telling you guys all these things. Because I asked and I like it. <laughs> Tell me everything. Um, but I think really my, um, I feel now the only thing standing in my way is myself. <laughs> well, that's always the case, right? Always the case, but like I've removed some of the barriers like last year because I worked so much I could not possibly think about writing at certain points, right? Right. Now I've I've gotten myself into another job situation where like my evenings are free, my weekends are free, like almost all the time, with the exception of maybe a travel here and there. So my excuses as to like why I haven't finished a thing now it's more just like because I need to get myself on a schedule that's my that's what's in my way right now is just, just being on a schedule but look at how far you've come yeah definitely I still it still doesn't I still don't feel like I'm allowed to call myself an author which is very weird because you know I don't know I just feel like I'm still not tell me more what yet. would make you qualify as an author I don't know because I should I think I do because I, like I don't know I've had these conversations with people before like you can call yourself an author because you write you know or you're a writer because you write you're a writer because you write but I think like I think because I haven't put out like a bigger like a full-length novel I just feel like I'm not quite there yet and when you put out a full-length novel I probably still don't feel like I'm there <laughs> maybe you will I always feel funny when I call myself a writer I'm like oh I'm a writer like I feel like I'm lying you know yeah I don't know I feel it's like, why do I think I'm like, I quite literally put books out. Like, why do I, I have a podcast about it. Like why that I feel like a fraud. I'm like, who would ever, first of all, don't take any advice from me. Like, who am I? Like, I've done nothing in this world. Right. But like, also like, why do it, what, what makes me qualify? And then the answer is nothing. Absolutely nothing. You know what the answer is? Because I decided to do it. That's the answer. That's that what makes me, that's what makes me qualified. I mean, I think that's what we all like have to do, right? Like we don't have to wait for somebody to say, oh yes, you are this. Like, there's no like author academy where they're like, here's your certificate. You know? Unless you're like your parents are unless you're a Nepo baby. I mean, sure. <laughs> if you're a Nepo baby, that is what you get quite literally. But most of us are not. 
And yeah. most of us have varying levels of privilege when it comes to like the time and access and resources we have. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you use what you have. I don't mm-hmm. know. I just, I don't know why. I ask myself this a lot. Like, why, why do you come on here and do this? This is what I always think to myself. Like, why? Why do I do this? What is the fucking, what's, what's compelling me, right? It just seems like such a silly thing to do. And, and, you know, when we first started the podcast, I swear to God, we would get like five downloads a day. It would literally be like five a day. <laughs> I was one of them. <laughs> you were one of them. That's how we met. That's how I met. I like listened to this podcast right when it started. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I somehow found you on Instagram and then and then uh, B originally. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> Why? Why did you listen? Oh, just because I thought it was, I mean, I was like, oh, cool. You guys hooked me with a romance podcast for romance writers. And I was like, I'm trying to be a writer. You know, I love romance. <laughs> I want to hear about it. So I remember I listened to the first episode and I was like, I like it. I like it. I'm going to listen again. And I, just, I don't know. I just kept listening. I thought you guys were funny. Um, and you talked about writing, but not in a way that was like, um, this is going to sound real douchey, but like, not in a way of like, oh, well, my degree is in this. Oh, right. Because we don't have anything like that. It wasn't like an overly literary kind of Yeah, it's not high-pro. Yeah, whereas... I had been a part of conversations like that in other groups and I felt Mm. very like I did not belong. I was like, oh, this is not probably for me. So yeah, I just felt like I related because you guys were both, you were about to publish something, but it wasn't out yet. And I was like, cool. I feel like I'm on a similar journey. (laughs) Interesting. That's so fascinating. You were literally one of the five people. Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. I mean, obviously it's grown a lot since then, which is cool. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's crazy to look and see that like people are listening and there's no way that I would be able to know who it is. Mm -hmm. And then like every once in a while I'll get messages from people about having listened to something. And I'm always just like, I always think to myself, why would you do that? Why would you listen to me? (laughs) Because they relate. No, no, now I sound like I'm fishing for compliments. I'm not. It's just like, you know what I mean? Why you would listen to cat. (laughs) (laughs) All that to say, it's really like. Okay, I saw this TikTok that kind of encapsulates what how I feel about this. Mm-hmm. This person was like, everybody has to climb Cringe Mountain before they get cool. And have you seen this TikTok? I don't know. No. Okay, but- and I don't know also, like, if I'm saying, I don't know who said it. I'm sorry. I don't know how if I'm, like, paraphrasing incorrectly. But basically, it's like, when you want to do something... You have to climb Cringe Mountain, right? Mm -hmm. To get to the other side. The other side, you're cool. You're good at stuff. People think you're good. People think you're cool. But as you're climbing and you're going upwards because you're working hard, people who are looking down from below are like making fun of you or not making fun of you, but they might be like, ooh, you know, like, ooh, look at that's cringy. But they're not even trying. They're not even like going up the mountain you are. So anything, just like anything worth doing is worth doing badly. Anything worth pursuing is also worth being cringy over. And even if only five people are listening look like Gabby is my like we made a friendship out of that like that we would have never maybe had I don't know um so yeah I I might never have messaged you I know right who knows because that's what I messaged you about like listening to that episode I was like hey I really related to what you said there I remember that and it was also about something that I had like disclosed personally about myself that maybe I would be like unsure if I should talk about things personally about myself but it was something it was like a very specific experience about having been in a sorority and then realized it was a huge mistake and regretting it that you had also experienced yes yes (laughs) oh life of Jesus (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but anyway that, that now <laughs> wait what'd you say i said i cringe over that now I'm just that like, oh my god my experience in general is cringe although i did make one of my very best friends out of it so same i so, my best friend was in yeah. the same sorority as i was i, I don't think either of us were like active in it really but we both in it <laughs> they do's 
I actually stopped paying my dues. Um, I was trying to get kicked out. You know how it's like hard to get kicked out? Yeah. You get on probation for like a while and you're yeah. like, I really don't want to be here. Kick yeah. me out already. And they can like, like in other universities, they can like put a lien essentially on your education. Like if you don't pay your dues and, but they didn't do that at mine. Cause I went to like a small college, like a liberal arts school. So they weren't like allowed to have that much power over. They could do that. What'd you say? I didn't know they could do that. I wonder if that was a thing they did at ours. I don't know. I think they could. I think there's something, somebody who went to like a bigger university, maybe tell us about it. Tell us about your experience. I went to a um, big school, but I just don't, maybe it wasn't big. But it was, big. is Clemson private? No. Uh-uh, oh, it's not private. Okay. Well, but some schools have like different rules about like what sororities and That's fraternities true. can do. Mine was like super strict about it because they had a hazing issue um that they really cracked down on but Mm -hmm. my sorority was still hazing and it was a whole fucking drama it was wild it was also terrible it's i'm sorry but like pledging is psychological like torture if anybody wants to feel free slip into my dms to talk about horrific like greek life first of all i have so many i have so many i could do a whole podcast on my thoughts and feelings and they're not good about same same all terrible greek life i think it's awful so sorry if you if you like it i'm sorry we could still be friends but no skip ahead guys if you don't want to hear about sorority stuff i'm gonna talk about it for a minute the bullying was crazy oh yeah um in sororities and also so the sexual harassment, the sex, the sexual assault, like all of that stuff was insane. I feel like if the people who I was in the sorority with were listening to this, they might deny some of those things. But but Pepperidge yeah. Farm remembers. OK, <laughs> I re- fucking re- I remember. Um, yeah, it was bad. And I didn't have like the wherewithal like to understand how bad it was. My gut told me it was bad. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I can't do this. I don't like this. But like my brain yeah. was like, I want to fit in. I want to be I want to go to parties i want to be cool i want to have this thing my gut always wins though no and the rampant like every every ism every bad ism yes yes was present everyone and oh my god and the way that you were kind of taught to talk about other people and then the worst part of it to me is the inherent secrecy that's required cultish it's a yeah i find it to be a cult and the it's just like they operate as their own like little mini cults because you're punished by coming forward by something if something bad is happening yes you are like it's literally oh my god jesus it's like i'm just realizing that i was paying to be a part of a cult God, I paid dues, guys. I paid dues. And I only paid dues like twice, so. And I think I was part of, and, and I will say, I mean, I don't think I have any sorority sisters that would listen to this, but like, um, I was probably part of like one of the better ones, like in terms of behavior sure. and the way we would treat each other and people. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm, I didn't mm-hmm. get hazed. Very thankful for that. Um, I never saw it happen to anybody, so I don't think that anybody else was doing it. Dear God, I hope not. Um, so like lucky in that sense, but just the culture around it is. And I went to a Southern University, um, and there's a lot of just weird shit. <laughs> Yeah, I want to give up some secrets about my sorority real fast. Do it. Okay, let's divulge a few things. Okay, Okay. first thing, they had something called interrogation. They happen every Wednesday. Yes, for (laughs) pledges. And this is some dark shit. So this is what they would do. You would get like your pledge book and you had to memorize every single pledge class in alphabetical order. You had to know their middle names. You had to know where they were from and you had to know their majors, right? Mm -hmm. And you had to say those things all in order in a 
line. So we'd be lined up. You'd have to hold up your fucking stupid paddle. I can't even, I can't even the fact that we had paddles. I can't even. And then, and then you had to go one by one and go down the line and recall everybody's name in alphabetic order. So when it came to you, if you forgot or you got it wrong, they made you do a wall sit with your, with your paddle on your arms out straight. And if you kept getting it wrong, you kept having to do it. So I'm sorry. That is literal psychological torture. It is literal torture. And the, and the whole time they play this role while you're being quote unquote interrogated, where sometimes you're in a basement and it's dark and they have flashlights on you and everybody's watching you and then you get right. That's bad. That's very bad. So I have like, I had an anxiety order really badly in college and I think I still, I don't have it nearly as bad anymore because I've like Mm -hmm. taken care of myself, but talk about my worst nightmare. And here's the thing. I have an excellent memory for things. Mm -hmm. So I had everybody memorized like, like instant, like was like obsessive about memorizing it, but I was so terrified of those interrogations. Like I would feel sick. And for some reason, I don't know that it did, if it didn't bother other people as much as me, but it bothered me. And I was like, this feels wrong. And like when it was my turn, like to be the like people who were like interrogating, I would never go. Yeah, no. It's fucking sick. It's fucking sick if you're a person and you want to do that to other people. And you know what? Every person who is in my sorority, I'm telling you right now, you were fucking sick for participating. And so was I. And I regret it. Oh, yeah. Like, I definitely participated in things that I look back now and I'm like, man, you should have you should have said something. You should have done something. (laughs) Yes. Um, And there were definitely there was a couple times where like things that happened that I did speak up where I was like, hey, guys, this is wrong. Um, (laughs) I just stopped showing up. I was like, I'm out. You guys are a bunch of fucking clowns bye <laughs> I did like once I was like junior senior year I had like a completely different set of friends outside of it mm-hmm. and I kind of mm-hmm. just like stopped going to things as much as yep. I possibly could same. we had um this is not the same like in terms of uh what you were just talking about but like we um before rush would start we would have a weekend where we had to all get together um over the summer and we would stay like at a hotel and we would do prep for rush right um and you know you had to buy certain clothing to wear during the different rush parties because rush at my school started right before classes even start so it's like the week of classes starting which is obviously very challenging for students to have to go through but what you know nobody gives yeah um and so you had to buy all these clothes which of course everybody has a different financial situation so that sucks and then um you had to put on each outfit and then go into a room that they like one of the ballrooms of the hotel that we rented and one at a time go and present yourself in front of other sisters basically like a panel so they could give you feedback on how you looked (gasps) see they didn't do this in my sorority but this is very classic yeah and they would give you feedback on how you looked you had did you have a visible panty line uh (gasps) is that outfit too tight on you do you what do you remember what they said to you i think i passed i don't remember like but i remember fucking being terrified and i I had my my little sister in the sorority like got told that her makeup wasn't correct um and i remember being so upset she was so upset about it um, I think I threatened the girl who said that to her. <laughs> Good for you. As one does. I was like, don't fucking do that again. Um, but I did it. I participated. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah. I oh, yeah. Thankful to not be called out, basically. Um, and that was like, I mean, that I guess you could say that's tame, but it's also not because it's like feeding into all these like weird expectations of like we all needed to look alike. And again, look alike. psychological torture. Yeah. And be and if you weren't thin, then you know what I mean? Like, obviously, yeah. it was a way for them to call you out if. Mm. fit into the not everybody fits into the same kind of clothes
clothing the same way like or feels comfortable or has it look a certain way so like I know that that was also the unspoken intention behind it I was just thinking like oh my sorority really wasn't like that about how you're supposed to look but then were there any fat people in my sorority nope maybe Mm -hmm. one maybe two maybe two and only because like my sorority was like we were like the party girls the fun girls Mm -hmm. they were definitely yeah uh were there any like ugly girls in my sorority not really um not really any of them now that I think about it yeah not like and by ugly I mean like not like outside of the conventional yeah whatever classical like whatever conventional conventional norm of what we considered attractive yeah ours was you know when I first joined it it wasn't like that and then as we had new classes come in, by the time I was a senior, I was like, huh, this is a different, interesting, different than what I originally joined. Cause it didn't like, it definitely did not start out being the way that it ended up. Yeah. So something interesting happened with my sorority again, sorry, listener, you can skip all this. Um, when I, when I left the sorority by my senior year, somebody had in the sorority, not me, had tattled on the sorority for um, hazing, right? And Mm -hmm. so there was like this whole thing about like they didn't know who had done it. Mm -hmm. And somebody was blaming me. It was like someone was like, oh, you know, Kat did that. She did it because she's not here anymore. Like, which I was like, I don't care about you guys like that. Like, I was literally like, fuck you guys. I don't care about you guys like that. So but because the like the email that somebody had like tattled came from one of the administrative like people in in the college I sent an email to that administrative person and I was like hey people are trying to act like I I was the one who like came to you can you please clarify that it wasn't me instead of clarifying they sent another email saying don't bully people oh my god I know And so I had to forward that email to, I like forwarded that email to like somebody in the sorority. And I was like, I don't want to be part of this. Like, please stop. Although now I'm like, I should have fucking told on them. Like whoever did that props to you, like good for you. I'm not much of like a narc, so I didn't, but like, honestly, they deserve to be shut down. And they were for a year. They were, they just couldn't give it up. They couldn't give up like the weird punitive abuse of power. And it was, it's fucked up. And for people who crave stuff like that, you are fucked up. Look into your yourself look inward why do you want this so badly because like I wanted the in-group I wanted the friendship I wanted like I wanted to just feel like I belonged somewhere I wanted to party I wanted like the matching jackets I would never want any of that now but like but some people want the fucking power of it all yeah I wanted to fit in I wanted to be considered cool cool yeah considered pretty like yes yes absolutely we talked about this at length before but I was very I grew up believing that value that being pretty and attractive whatever conventionally way that meant was was the most important thing and that if I wasn't that then what was I exactly <laughs> Ooh, that got dark um, not at all that's so <laughs> many people's but, reality mine as well and being a part of a group like that let that bullshit like fester yes <laughs> like yes so I don't know anybody Jesus I could just do like a whole <laughs> I go off on it too with like friends all the time, friends that were and were not in like, uh, like Greek, whatever, sororities, fraternities, etc. And people are always so fascinated by like how angry I get when I talk about it. Um, and I am too, because back then I was like, was I angry? I don't think I was, but like, I just don't think I knew. I just didn't yeah. get it. You know, I, I did, but I was too scared to be different and yeah, not same. go along. So that's unfortunate. I wish that I had, I wish that there were times that I had not just gone along. 
was shit. No, I was not brave. I was absolutely not brave. I did not stand up for what I thought was right because I didn't understand what was right. I didn't, like I like I said I knew in my gut that I was like this seems bad and wrong, but I was yeah. trying to override that constantly because no one else was saying anything, right? And that's like kind yeah. of a groupthink problem. And also because it, like sororities have this sheen on them. Oh, it means you're pu- pretty. It means you're popular. It means boys like you. That's yeah. another thing they did. One time in a basement, they blindfolded us, like covered us in fucking shaving cream and all kinds of weird shit. They were fucking with us, right? Like making us carry like weird stuff, marched us into a basement, made us do push-ups. And behind us were frat boys with flashlights who were watching us the whole time. Like behind us, like looking right at you. Gross. And after that, we had a quote unquote party with them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you always had the um, other fraternities that like yeah. your sorority hung out with or would have yes. parties with. And like the ones that you wanted to have a party with. And we would do like mixers, which what the fuck is that anyway? A mixer. <laughs> so lame. <laughs> these these two groups together and provide a ton of alcohol and then see what kind of sex happens. Like that's oh, it's so it. disgusting. That's what that is, essentially. And again, I paid dues to be a part of it. I paid money to do this. And my dad, oh my God, I love my dad. But like he he was the one who wanted me to be, I didn't even want to be in a sorority, but he was the one who was like, I think you should do it. My dad was in a fraternity in college, of course. Um, right, he was right. the social director. Um, <laughs> makes sense. And um, he, uh, so he was like, and when I tried to, I tried to quit. Like, I think my junior year, I was like, dad, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I want to drop out. He was like, no, no, you can't. Like, and of course, like I listened to him because he was my dad and I knew he wouldn't stop bugging me if I didn't do it or whatever. And I was like, well, then fine. Then you can pay the deuce. <laughs> like, I was like, fair enough, whatever. Um, But it was always that argument of the networking. Listen, I have never gotten a job. Never. I was an authority, guys. All right. So I, I'm sure that literally, I think the networking only matters if you went to Harvard. I don't. <laughs> or like some really big name yeah, sort of. Like, yeah, I'm sure there's something. But like also, why? Yeah. Some why? are known for their the ability to network after right. college. Like there right. are, and that's cool. And that's good. Like, it's fine. Like, but for the most part, just don't let people. When you're an impressionable 18 year old going to college, if you're going to college, don't let people talk you into. Don't join a sorority. I'm sorry. Just don't do friends. it. You will make you will make friends. You will make friends. This is funny because I already had a group of friends. Like I made friends so easily in college. I'm like, what was I fucking doing? Also, yeah. I didn't. I was just remembering now. I didn't leave a sorority till my senior year. Well, end of my junior year because I did a study abroad my junior year. Mm. So I was like completely out of the scene, mm-hmm. which probably did me some good. Yeah. What else are you gonna do? Anyway, this had nothing to do with romance. Yeah. But like nothing to do with romance however I feel like it is related because I feel like we talk a lot about just like stuff that women go through generally speaking Uh and also a lot of um all of our experiences really shape how and what we write and read and like how we present in the world Mm -hmm. and I think the sorority stuff like really scarred me because I I mean literally a cult literally like psychological torture literally Mm -hmm. the worst positions you could put yourself in like doing a nice little Milgram's prison experiment, the Stanford prison experiment. You know what I mean? Like, that's what it was. It was fucking yeah. weird. Anyway, if you're writing a book about a sorority, a romance about a sorority, uh, let us know. I would love to read it. 
I, I have actually read a really good one uh, recently oh. called The Frat Boy oh. by Nikki Sloan. Really? It is not what you think it is. That's all I can say about it. It is not what you think it is. It was good though. It was good. I think it's really good. It's one of the hottest books I think I've ever read. What? I gotta read it. And where, where is it available? It's been is out it for a while. It's on KU. Uh, is it on KU? Is no, I think KU? you have to buy it. Oh, I don't okay. think KU. Okay. Um, but it's on Amazon and, and wherever. Um, I can give a quick recap. Yeah, let's hear it. Okay, so it starts out, um, it's like one of those Greek competitions between sororities and fraternities, like one of those like obstacle course things. Uh, Our main female character, I don't remember the character names, so I'm sorry about that, um, is like desperate to win the cup for her sorority um, and her ex-boyfriend who like cheated on her when he did a study abroad was in a a fraternity that they're competing against. And so she like obviously kind of hates him. And um, the obstacle thing is going on. One of the fraternity guys cheats and she's the only uh she sees it and another sorority sister sees it and when she gets to the end she's like they didn't win they cheated and her sister who saw it too lies and is like no and so she's like indignant so why does she lie why does she take up for the frat guys you know just a pick me oh okay yeah like just to be just kind of that like didn't want to gotcha you know um and so she ends up getting into an argument with like one of the other brothers in the fraternity who um he's not her ex or anything like like that but like he's also like you know very popular whatever they get into and they literally start throwing mud at each other because the whole thing they cause like a melee or whatever and so <laughs> they get the they get suspended or whatever um and because they get they get they each get removed for like they get kicked out of their houses um and neither of them can really afford to live um outside because there's nowhere there's no apartments anymore like and neither of them have a lot of money so here's where it turns into like a story that you were like not expecting um they end up moving into a house together and I can't remember again it's been a little while um that is they kind of kind of get into like maybe like the adult film industry a little bit together and they like live in this like an OnlyFans I don't know how to explain it it's really good though like the people that they work with like they all become like family kind of and of course the two of them fall in love right like as they kind of work through like the issues that they had with each other and then their own external issues I don't know how to explain it it's wild but like ultimately like a really good feel good and it's very sex positive and not about like shaming people who do sex work and stuff like right. that and how they kind of like really find um they really just like become happier people by going through this experience together it's, it's fucking it's wild but it's good it sounds really good <laughs> yeah sorry I just rambled but uh, you didn't you did a great did. job I feel like, and it tied back into our conversation about sororities and fraternities. Yeah. And they're both learning to deal with like, you know, of course the the fraternity finds out about it and tries to like, one of the guys is an asshole and tries to like shame them and they get their revenge on them. And it's, they go nice. against an HOA too, which is really <laughs> trying to shut down the, um, the how like where they yeah. live and they go against this like evil HOA. I don't know. It's just really HOAs good. are evil. They, they are. are born of evilness. Yeah. Um, I love that okay well let's end on that wreck because that yes. tied in and sorry for rambling about fraternities and sororities, <laughs> but hit us up if you've had that experience let's all yeah. unite i'm very anti-cult so i feel that we yes. should we should stick together in that um gabby where can we find you um you can find me on instagram um and tiktok for as long as tiktok lasts under oh, Marie writes and then i am on facebook uh under g marie um come be my friend i guess i'm Do- 
Do I even follow you on Facebook? I don't log I don't, in. I don't have a group. I didn't like, it's just, it's, oh, okay. I have an account. Okay. I don't think it's an author page. I don't know. Guys, I don't yeah. know what I'm doing here. I so. don't know if mine is either. Honestly, I cannot fucking figure out Facebook is a trash fire over there. Like it's bad. But I participate because I know there's a lot of, there's, I'm in a lot of good book groups on Facebook, yeah. um, which are awesome that you can't find like any, on any of the other platforms. So I will say there's a lot of like fun ways to interact with readers and other writers. There. Yeah. I think there's a lot of that. I am not into it and I should be, but I just can't like fucking figure out the platform anymore. I'm like, this yeah. is this like Facebook seems like, like garbage land. Like I just cannot fucking navigate it at this point. Anyway. Um, and you can find me. I'm Kat at Catwin Author. That's C-A-T-W-Y-N-N on most platforms. You can also find my website, catwinauthor.com. And um, you can, if you like us and you like this podcast, you can follow us at Tall, Dark, and Fictional. That's Tall, Dark, Fictional on Instagram and TDFOD on TikTok and Twitter. Um, I forgot to mention, SJ will be back. I actually asked Gabby to get on because SJ had like a really wild week last week. And I just felt bad trying to get a podcast out of her. (laughs) I thought maybe she could use a little time off, a little pressure off. Um, But she'll be back soon. And that's it for me. Is that it from you, Gabby? Would you like any closing words? No, that's it. Thanks for letting me be on and um, chat and ramble. And my DMs are always open if anybody wants to talk about any of these random things that I just talked about. (laughs) Yes. And to the listener, as always, thanks for coming. We did it. Do and I'm dead Play the shit and listen to what I said